0: All right, everyone, welcome back to another edition of Hot Topics. If you guys will, please once again buckle up because we get ready to have a good one tonight. This story here can it generated almost a month a little over a month ago. If you guys go back to when Black Lives Matter was having a lot of flack in reference to, uh, black lives matter being violent they're being very uh vigil with uh doing corrupt things black lives matter was not for doing the good deeds for the community they were about trouble they're about causing havoc chaos in the city Well, i'm tell you something when we put this up right here y'all give me one um, black lives thing that right there. When we put that up, FBI, FBI. And that gentleman right there in the middle. We're going to talk about that right there. We're going to talk about what did the FBI have to do with Black Lives Matter back in 2020. Well, the story is It started out with, uh, actually, this happens out in Denver. Um, Was it Denver? Yes, out in Denver. When they had the riots, you know, everything was going on. There was a lot of chaos going on out there. Well, luckily, we do have some senators who are there doing a job and doing their job to make sure that the truth of any type of wrongdoing does come out and gets handled. Well, Democratic Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon. Now, this is per the Guardian. Um, this was February the 14th of this year. And what I'm gonna do, instead of you know, you know, a lot of times people they tell you things, but they don't tell you where they get their source for it from, and you don't know whether or not they are actually giving you the source you know, for what it what it actually said or things they're making up themselves. So what I'm going to do, we're going to read this together, ladies and gentlemen. That's why a lot of times we put on the screen, we say investigate. That's what we're here to do. We're here to investigate lies. Now, this right here, article from The Guardian, and it says the FBI's use of of an informant to infiltrate Black Lives Matter in Denver during the wave of the protest over the 2020 police killing of George Floyd has prompt concerns in Congress that the federal agency is again abusing its power to harass and intimidate minority groups. Go back and look at this right here portion again. It says that the federal agency, FBI, the federal agency, once again, Abusing its powers to harass and intimidate minority groups. Once again, keyword right here. That right there in yellow, ladies and gentlemen. Once again. When did this happen before? Since it's once again. Here's a hint. That's when it happened before. And not just that one time right there that you see on the screen. But that's when it happened before, during the Black Panther Party movement, once again. Okay, let's go back. Me, pull that. Let's do this right here, y'all. Take them off screen, y'all. Yeah. All right. Now, it says, we're going to scroll down some. It says, Ron Whiting, the Democratic senator from Oregon, is calling for the FBI to explain how it came to recruit a violent felon. Recruit a violent felon, a violent felon, a violent felon as an informant who then went on to gain prominence among Denver's racial justice activists. The informant is alleged to have encouraged protesters to engage in increasingly violent demonstrations while trying to entrap them in criminal misdeeds. People. People. Not all uh, police officers and law enforcement is corrupt, but we do know that they are there. We do know they are there. I'm going to say this one more time. Ron Wyden, the Democratic senator from Oregon, is calling for the FBI to explain how it came to recruit a violent felon as an informant who then went on to gain prominence among Denver racial justice activists. The informant is alleged to have encouraged protesters to engage in increasingly violent demonstrations while trying to entrap them in criminal misdeeds. So what they're saying is the FBI said, hey guys, let's make this good thing that these guys, this minority group is doing, let's make it corrupt. Is there some people out there that go into good things, have good intentions, but yet still it don't take much to persuade them to do wrongdoings? Yes, that's in any group. We just saw that, what, two years ago. Now, going down here, scroll just a little bit more. Once again, this is from TheGuardian.com. Just so you guys won't think that I made this up. If the allegations are true, the FBI's use of an informant to spy on First Amendment protected activity and stroke violence at peaceful protests is an outrageous abuse of law enforcement resources and authority wide and told the Guardian? Okay. So what happens next? What happens next? It says, if the allegations are true, this is going to be hard to determine. I truly do not have any faith in our government, in, in the Senate, most definitely, that they're really truly going to do anything to the FBI in reference to what they've done. But I'm glad they did bring this to the main front to show people I'm not stating that all um, protests are, for anyone, are done without some type of corruption. But this right here shows corruption being placed inside of something that was meant for the better of the good. To try to destroy it just as they did, once again, here try to destroy it and see not only did they go there and they shoot and they bombed this building they did this too now, I'm not for sure if y'all know who that is laying there but look at the smiles on these gentlemen's face that's Fred Hampton of the black Party movement they carrying him out as he was killed yes luckily with the black lives matter there was no one killed there and once again this was behind the death the killing of George Floyd I'm gonna go a little further. Read with me in yellow, ladies and gentlemen. Wyden sits on the Senate Intelligence Committee, which has oversight over federal intelligence gatherings, gathering agencies, including the FBI. He also fought for public disclosure, disclosure of Donald Trump's deployment in 22, excuse me, in 2020 of more than 750 police officers. Well, it didn't say police officers officer, 750 officers to his hometown of Portland, Oregon, based on what he called politicized and false intelligence reports. The FBI's infiltration of the black of the black lives Matter in Denver appears to show another instance of the Trump administration's trampling on the rights of Americans in order to divide our country and gain political advantage, Whiten said. The FBI owes the public, the FBI owes the public, the FBI owes the public a full accounting of its actions, including how anyone responsible for attempting to entrap and discredit racial justice activists will be held accountable. I'm bringing this to the forefront, ladies and gentlemen, so that we can collectively as a people put pressure on the Senate to put pressure on the FBI to report back on this and not brush it under the rug. Once again, I'm saying this. I'm showing this. I'm bringing this to the light, along with other platforms, bringing it to the light as well so that we collectively can make sure the FBI does not get away with this because they've done it before. Why do I say they've done it before? Go back up here. When I read in yellow, it says the. it says, let's go right here. It says concern in Congress is that the federal agency is once again, abusing its powers to harass and harass and intimidate minority groups. Concerns in Congress that the federal agency, concerns in Congress that the federal agency is once again, is once again, is once again abusing its powers, abusing its powers to harass and intimidate minority groups. Why did I repeat that so many times? Because some people fail to listen. They hear only what they want to hear. By me repeating it, there's no way in hell you could hear only what you wanted to hear especially when I have it highlighted in yellow and I repeated it several times there's some video clips that we also have I'm let me see if there's anything else in here I want to cover I think this right here is just going down actually yes it is the actions of the um let's go right here and I want to get, tilt the hat off to the Alphabet Boys for doing a documentary on this. They were the ones who really stroked this up and really gave it the uh, light that it needed to make sure that the FBI is being put on put on notice for what they're doing. Read along with me, ladies and gentlemen. Let's scroll this up some. The actions of the FBI informant, Michael Windecker, or Mickey, as he was was known, are revealed in the ten series podcast by the in, in, investigative journalist Trevor Aronson, drawing on hours of drawing on hours of undercover FBI recordings, along with internal FBI reports and interviews. Aronson conducted. With the genuine racial justice protest leaders, Alphabet Boys pieces together how Windecker unveiled himself into Black Lives Matter from May 2020. It also says right here Windecker, who the FBI paid to spy on the activists. Now, check this out. It says right here, before I go anymore, it says Windecker, who the FBI paid. Windecker who the FBI paid that's confirmed that's confirmation but as we go up <laughs> see this is why I say they cannot and should not be allowed to blow this under the rug it says if the allegations are true wait a minute down here in the report the Guardian says, Wendekker, who the FBI paid. It didn't say alleged paid. It said paid. Now, you, people can say, well, LB, that's the Guardian's thing. That don't mean it actually happened. Where did they get the information from then? I digress. We're going to move forward. Wendekker, who the FBI paid $20,000 to spy on the activists, stood out from the crowd. Wow, he was white, while most in, pro, protesters in the Denver, were African American and dressed in military fatigues. He drove in, oh Lord, a silver hearse with a with a boot field of with a boot with AR-15 style semi semi-automatic rifles and other firearms. Who in the world drives around in a silver hearse with a whole bunch of AR-15s and other firearms? Who does that? Now, they say that Denver, in Denver, they were, the protesters in Denver were, the most of the protesters in Denver were African-American. Well, I'm going to tell you guys something. That's what they say. A lot of pictures, when i was going online looking for pictures for that area, connecting it, a lot of the pictures didn't look like us. Not saying that, hey, the, 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 um, I'm not saying that the Guardian is misleading when they say that most of the protesters were black or African American. But most of the pictures I found of the protesters, most of the ones that are up there, or a lot of them don't look like us, I'm just going to say put it that way. When I say us, you don't look like this guy right here. Now, it says uh despite his uh Let's do this right here so you guys can roll with me. going to roll it up a little bit. It says, despite his garden profile, Wendaker managed to convince activists that he was committed to the struggle for racial justice and could help them cope with uh, validity on the streets. He bragged about having served with the French Foreign Legion and the Kurdish... Boy. See, people, this is very... This is one reason re- here as to why. I mean, history keeps repeating itself over and over. And when we are organizing groups for the better of the good, we have to vet people no matter what they look like and where they come from and how sweet they sound. We have to diligently go in and vet them as strong as you can. Get as much information off of them before allowing them to infiltrate what you just but you created how dare you come in here, people. Come on. Come on. Now I'm gonna get off of this. I have several videos that I'm gonna share with you guys. And we're gonna start out with democracy now. And um with the, the, the democracy now the the um, Alphabet Boys. Aronson, he's going to tell a little bit of information in reference to um, what he found, how he came about to uh, uncover this story of what the FBI done or allegedly done. And it's, come on, man. It's either they gave him the money or they didn't give him the money. Why print he was given $20,000? if it's alleged that he's an informant of the FBI. Come on. I mean, it's printed. You, you, you can't take it back, it's printed. But y'all sit back and I want you guys to listen along with me some of the things that um, she came up with, with the alphabet Boys. Here we
1: go. Democracy Now, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Evidence has emerged that the FBI played a direct role in infiltrating racial justice protests after the police killing of George Floyd in 2020. A new podcast out today, called Alphabet Boys, documents how the FBI paid an informant at least $20,000 to infiltrate and spy on activist groups in Denver, Colorado. The informant also encouraged activists p- to purchase guns and commit violence. This is the trailer to alphabet boys
0: now with they said this is the this right here is the gentleman that they're they're stating that he was the informant. And as you listen to the next clip, I want you guys to really, really, whatever's going on at home, please make the home quiet so you can listen to what's said in this next clip here. Here we go.
2: The summer of
0: 2020. To I know I'm gonna go get my Let's gas pass.
2: Millions protested for racial justice across the country, with some of these protests turning violent.
3: Over the heads of the jail.
2: That summer, it felt like history in the making. Big changes were coming. And then the protests just stopped. There were these rumors that government agents had infiltrated the movement, pushing it toward collapse. It sounded paranoid, right? But you know what? Okay, it is August 28th, 2020, it at approximately really 4.02 p.m. Wasn't. I'm Trevor Aronson, and I'm a journalist covering federal law enforcement, the Alphabet agencies. As the FBI, sometimes you gotta grab the little guy to go after the big guy. This is Alphabet Boys, a new series from Western Sound and iHeart Podcast. Each season, we'll take you deep inside an undercover investigation. In season one, we're headed to Denver. UC-7775. Denver, Colorado. Today is August 25th. Where FBI agents are investigating political activists following the murder of George Floyd. A mysterious man rolls into town. He's wearing military fatigues and he has a cigar dangling from his lips. The car he drives is unmistakable. A silver hearse. He was very convincing, but he did explain, you know, he was before this BLM movement, and inside this hearse was like a lot of guns. Was this the guy the movement needed to take things to the next level? At the end of the day, you come to me, I got something for you. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Or did he have a secret agenda? He was just waiting for me to set the date, the time, the meeting spot, and then
0: for sure he was trying to get it to happen he's a bad guy the bad guys attract bad
2: guys and i feel like he's gonna keep doing this forever they want to cover up the fact that local state and federal law enforcement
0: caused violence here did you hear what he just said local state and federal cause violence there he said caused Local law enforcement, state law enforcement, and federal law enforcement caused trouble there. On to the next one.
1: Centers on an FBI informant named Mickey Windecker, a convicted felon who once fought, he said, with the Kurdish Peshmerga. This clip from Alphabet Boys begins with a Denver racial justice activist named Zebedias Hall, who will be joining us talking about Mickey Windecker.
0: I didn't know much about him, but he drove a hearse. And inside this hearse was like a lot of guns, you know, like AR 15s and all other kinds I never held one of those before in my life, man. I held it, and I was like, "Oh sh**!" But I'm pro-gun and everything, but I never held anything like that. Yeah, it was just this badass dude, you know,
2: talking about he worked in the foreign military, he was for the Black Lives Matter movement, and you know, it just seemed interesting, you know. In August 2020, with millions of Americans protesting across the country, activist Zeb Hall invites a guy he's met at one of the demonstrations to his apartment in Denver to talk about plans for the future.
3: The way I look at it is like, it has to happen, it has to happen. But it's like you said, I mean, how extreme do you expect it? Would you want it to go?
0: Now, the guy, this guy here, the Zeb Hall, he was one of the first ones that, um, that um, Windecker, you know, it came in counter with and, you know, got actually involved with Black Lives Matter. He was the one who opened the door for for uh, Windecker to come in and, you know, infiltrate Black Lives Matter. And that's why I say, ladies and gentlemen, when you have a movement and the movement is for the better of the good, you really, really have to pay attention to what happened yester- the year. Meaning, remember what happened back in the 60s and before then as to how other people came in and infiltrated. A lot of them even look like me. No matter what they look like, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you do your due diligence and get that word out correctly and do correctly, make sure you vet these people. Make sure you do everything you possibly can to check this person out to make sure that they are on the up and up to be legitimately there to help out the movement, whatever the movement is. Otherwise, more things like this is going to happen. When you do your homework, there's no way possible the FBI or anybody that can, who has a corrupt mentality, a corrupt thought, a corrupt, corrupt agenda to come in. And break down something so positive, so good. Now, Amy, she's going to actually we're going to we're going to see next in the next clip, um, uh, Aronson, and he's going to talk with Amy as to, you know, how and why the FBI did what they did. Y'all check it out
1: informant mickey Windecker played a key role in organizing the protests in denver he would also go on to give the activist zebedias hall fifteen hundred dollars to buy a gun for him which led to zeb hall being arrested for transferring a firearm to a felon
0: now see that's the problem i have right there um zip hall he 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 never even had a gun, never owned a gun. But Windecker, you know, already had guns, but he convinced Zip Hall to buy one for him. And he already had them. So that was a setup right there. That's part of all right I'm gonna get you to buy me gun illegally. It's not for you, it's for me. Remember, Zip Hall didn't have any guns. See That's why I say more than one person has to check people out. And when things are going on, you have to have other people that can make shot calls or everybody collectively has to make that shot call, not just one person. In any type of organization you build up, one person should not be the only person who can make a shot call. Or the sole person to make a shot call. Here we go.
1: Some of the FBI's actions have been compared to the agency's covert COINTELPRO program—that's Counterintelligence Program—which targeted civil rights groups and other activist movements in the 1960s and 70s. In a moment, Zebedias Hall will join us from Denver. We'll also be joined by former FBI agent Mike German, who now works at the Brennan Center. But first, let's turn to Trevor Aronson. Who created the Alphabet Boys podcast? Trevor's an award winning investigative journalist, contributing writer for The Intercept. He's author of the book, The Terror Factory Inside the FBI's Manufactured War on Terrorism. I mean, this is an astounding podcast series, Trevor. You've got The undercover recordings of, for example, the black activist Zeb speaking to this man, Mickey Windecker, who would travel around in a silver hearse. Um, First, if you can tell us where. And,
0: And that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, this clown was riding around in a silver hearse. That right there is clown move 2020. Why come. BLM did not the radio didn't go on and say what's up with this fool who rides around in a silver silver hearse who
1: does that <clears throat> you got these recordings if you can but this lay out the story for us
2: sure I, I can't talk about sourcing for the recordings or the records but but what i can say is that what's significant about this show is that it's the first behind the scenes look at how the FBI infiltrated and investigated racial justice groups and the racial justice movement during the summer of 2020, which for two years now has always been an open question, which is, how did the FBI respond to racial ju- the racial justice movement, given the context that the FBI had previously designated black political activists as so-called black identity extremists or anti-government extremists. <clears throat> and what's significant about this is that the FBI in Denver, according to internal FBI recordings or internal FBI reports and re- undercover recordings, hired a convicted felon with a history of sexual assault and, and menacing with a weapon to infiltrate these groups for while being paid thousands.
0: Did y'all hear what he just said? It's type of guy. I'm gonna go back a little piece and play it one more time. The type, listen to the type of guy. That they got. That explains why he rolled up in a silver hearse. It's a joke to him. Listen to
2: it. Internal FBI reports and undercover recordings hired a convicted felon with a history of sexual assault and, and menacing with a weapon to infiltrate these groups for while being paid thousands of dollars. And and the shades of COINTELPRO that are part of this rise from the fact that Mickey Windecker, the informant, Ended up becoming a leader in the protest movement, just as we saw informants in the 1960s and 1970s or in COINTELPRO become leaders in those movements and then accuse other leaders, or the real leaders of these groups, of being informants, a practice called snitch jacketing that was used to devastating effect against black political groups in the 1960s. And that's exactly what happened in Denver. Mickey became a leader of the racial justice movement there, accused real leaders of being informants when they were not, and then, once he was in a position of leadership, attempted to entrap local activists in crimes, in some cases, violent crimes. In in fact, Mickey and the FBI went so far as to try to stitch together a supposed plot to assassinate Colorado's attorney general, Phil Weiser, which ultimately went nowhere, but shows you the scale that the FBI had in trying to manufacture a plot that activists could get behind. People
0: would ask, they said, well, LB, Why, why, why would the FBI need to do that? Don't forget, this was behind the George Floyd killing. That's why. The only answer I need to give you. And we all know that when it comes to law enforcement, and if we come together, do what we need to do, do it peacefully, do it the right way, it's, it's going to crumble down. And what they try to do is to break that up, that movement up, And caused a lot of uh, chaos and havoc to where the movement couldn't go smoothly and correctly to where the people responsible for George Floyd killing wouldn't come to justice. That's what they tried to do. And that's what they generally always try to do. They couldn't do that on January the 6th. They couldn't infiltrate that. They knew what was going on. And it was in their hometown, D.C., As far as headquarters, yeah, but they they chose to do nothing about that. But something so peaceful as this, they want to come in and make it corrupt. I digress.
2: That would then reveal these activists as being violent. and I think it's under, I think it's important to understand the context in which this happened um, in, in 2020, the, the Trump administration at the time was really beating the drum on this idea that antifa and Black Lives Matter activists were potentially violent. This was a narrative that was being reinforced and echoed by right-wing media at the time and what you're seeing in, in this undercover recordings is the FBI essentially trying to make that possible and happen,
0: and if you remember they kept screaming antifa 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 this antifa that
2: Mm -mm. Mm
0: -mm. antifa had nothing to do in reference to corruption and doing anything of wrongdoing then or now antifa hasn't gone anywhere but they're not talking about antifa now why because there's no protest going on right now for antifa to be so corrupt
2: um Ultimately, that does not happen. Obviously, there was no pl- assassination plot or attempt against Phil Weiser, the Colorado attorney general. But the FBI, using this paid informant, went to extreme lengths to try to make that happen.
3: Well, uh, Trevor, as you mentioned, uh, this uh, was a tactic used often uh, uh, during COINTELPRO in the 60s and the 70s. But it's become standard practice for uh, the FBI and law enforcement, if I think back to During the Seattle World Trade Organization protests, there were undercover agents then trying to uh, spur extreme action uh, 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 among the protesters. Uh, During the period after the uh, uh, 9-11 attacks, there were undercover FBI agents who tried to infiltrate uh, Muslim groups around the country and trying to get them to participate in— uh, in violent acts. Uh, so this has been a regular uh, feature of, of the FBI. They, have you been able to see whether they were doing this to the same extent among the right-wing groups that were actually involved in in major, uh, major terrorist attacks across the country?
0: Y'all wait on this answer right here.
2: <laughs>
0: you already know.
2: Absolutely. So, this is a tactic that became commonplace in the post 9 11 era, which was that the FBI used undercover agents or informants to, in, in the case of uh, counterterrorism investigations, go into Muslim communities, find someone who might be interested in violence, and make everything possible, providing the means, the opportunity, and in, in most cases, the bomb or the weapon that ultimately would be used, then arrest that person and announce to the public a terrorism plot foiled. And so what's significant here is that we're seeing a lot of the powers and tactics used against would-be terrorists or, or supposed terrorists in the post-911 era being applied against political activists in Denver in the summer of 2020. And, and the reason that is significant is that the internal FBI records show in the case in Denver that the FBI launched its investigation based on nothing more than First Amendment-protected activities, which were essentially things that Zebedias Hall and other activists had said, which in some cases were quite incendiary but ultimately were First, First Amendment-protected activities. And yet they launched this investigation based solely on that, without any reason to believe that any of these activists were moving toward a plot of violence or, or anything of the like. And as, as for the question of whether this happens on the right, it does. You know, obviously, there have been other plots that have— that have targeted right-wing activists. The the most well-known right now is the plot that uh, targeted a group of men in Michigan in a supposed plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Um, And so, I think what's important about this story now is that we are entering this phase when Jim Jordan and the Congress are about to launch this committee that is specifically looking to— Establish this narrative that the FBI is solely focused on uh, this type of tactic against right-wing groups and right-wing political activists, when that isn't true. What what ultimately is is true is that the FBI has an enormous amount of power that deserves a lot more oversight than it currently receives. And all sorts of groups, from left to right, are subjected to this kind of uh, activity by the FBI. And so, this narrative that the right-wing is attempting to establish that the FBI is prejudiced against right-wing groups and we're only seeing this activity among right-wing groups. There is evidence of that, and no doubt Jim Jordan will find it. But the truth is that this is far more extensive. It involves a num- many groups. And in, in, in most cases, I would argue, if you look at the history of prosecutions in the post 9 11 era, these types of tactics are used far more against left-wing activists and left-wing political groups than they are against right-wing groups.
1: Even though the intelligence committees have found that it is domestic terrorism, far right-wing, that is the greatest threat um, uh, to the United States right now, Um, and you're talking about the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, chaired by Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio. That's meeting on Thursday. But let's turn to a video capturing when FBI informant Mickey Windecker met with his FBI handlers—by the way, he's denying he's an FBI informant—met with his FBI handlers before he met with the Denver activist Zeb Hall.
2: It is August—August? 28th, 2020 at approximately 4.02 p.m. Uh, Special Agent Scott Dahlstrom with Special Agent uh, Byron Mitchell, uh, CHS, for meet with uh, Zebedias Hall. Thank you.
3: You can hear this, so I put it in
2: my front pocket, right? Yeah. Okay, got it. See how nice and slender they are? Video look good. Yep. Yeah, look handsome.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not as handsome as that kid.
0: I'm I'm stopping it right there. I'm gonna go back. This guy right here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, tell me if that guy looks like this guy. Same guy to me. I'm just asking. Yeah,
3: look handsome. Mm-hmm. Not as handsome as that kid.
0: I'm just asking, ladies and gentlemen, because you know he's stating that he wasn't an informant. But there you go, information—you just gave yourself away, dog. And then you do this silly mess right here with um, pictures everywhere of you. With really okay, okay. Thank you, Amy, for the wonderful um, interview you did there with Trevor. And there was more to it, but as you know, this right here gives you the logistics as to what went down. The the question, really it shouldn't be the question, but people will want to, people would be concerned as to why did the FBI feel they need to get some a felon, and I wouldn't just say some a felon, just a corrupt-minded person to come in and bring corruption to a movement of people trying to get answers. Why would you do that? What type of people does things like that? That's the question. Some of us can answer it. Notice I say us. That includes myself. Some of us can answer that question easily. We know the answer to that question easily, but there's far too many of us of this world who do not know or somehow or another can't muster up the, mm, the gall to say, what it truly truly is think about it what group or type of people would bring corruption and negativity to a group of people who are trying to do something for the better of the good with that ladies and gentlemen until next time
3: you think you know what happens next
0: ask yourself why these are the black stories we've been shown a narrow view that limits our understanding but there's so much more to see widen the screen so we can widen our view.